G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The wonder of the Incarnation will always fill the hearts of God's people with a sense of awe. He who is the eternal Word became flesh. God became a man. Through the Incarnation, He has a body just like ours. He who thundered in the heavens cried in the cradle. He who flung the stars into place nursed at a mother's breast. As the hymn writer Charles Wesley put it, God was contracted to a span. And Paul says that he was made of a woman. His body was part of the flesh and substance of Mary. Thomas Watson illustrated it this way, As bread is made of wheat and wine is made of grapes, so he was made of a woman. As a baby, he was dependent on the care, protection and provision of his parents. He went through all the normal processes of human development. In that sense, we could say that he was even more human than Adam. Adam was created a full-grown adult, but Jesus was born as a baby and grew and developed into manhood. The wonder of creation is that man was made in God's image, but the wonder of the incarnation is that God was made in man's image. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And we're glad you've joined us today for Set Free. Hope you can stay with us for the next 10 minutes or so. A very special Christmas week discussion this week, all about the wonder of Christmas. And Ken, as you've just shared with us, the the wonder of Christmas is that God was manifest in the flesh. The eternal God actually became a human being. Yeah, the writer to the Hebrews sums it up by saying, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Then he goes on to say, in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So, Phil, human saints need a human high priest. And Jesus had a human body so that he could experience everything that we experience, physical pain, weariness, hunger, thirst, the need to sleep, and of course even dying as a human Mm. being. And how great is it to know that Jesus has experienced everything that we go through as well when we come to him in prayer. And Because his humanity is not restricted or wasn't restricted to his human body, was it? He also had a human nature. Well, yeah, he had a human soul. So that means that he could experience also the normal emotions that we go through, things like sorrow uh, as a human being, I mean, joy, agony, you know, compassion, weeping, anger. Uh, You look at the Bible, we see him encountering hatred, people actually hating him. Mm. Uh, He was tempted, really tempted. Some people think, oh, no, he could never have been tempted. But the Bible says he was tempted in all points like we are. Um, He needed to depend upon his father like we need to depend upon God. And that, of course, was evidenced through his prayer life. He was often in prayer, showing his his absolute reliance upon the Father. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, you know, he experienced unbelief from his own people. That must have disappointed him. Persecution from his enemies and spiritual attacks from Satan, just like we do, and so on and so forth. He was conscious of his humanity. Now, all these things, Phil, here's the thing to remember, were unknown to Christ in his pre-incarnate state. But now they were felt in both his body and in his soul. 
So quoting from the writer to the Hebrews again in another place, he says, look, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in all points was tempted and tried as we are, yet without sin. Um, somebody asked the question, how long does it take to, to be tempted and tried in, in every era of life? Well, I guess 33 years Jesus mm. was on earth. So mm. he was tested in every kind of area. It reminds me of a story uh, I heard of uh, you know a little boy and a little girl playing together, and um, the little girl pulls the little boy's hair, you know, so he cries, he yells out, his mum comes in and says, what's going on? She pulled my hair. Oh, you know, she's, she's only two. She doesn't understand. So anyway, the mother goes out the room and then, then there's another scream and this time it's the little girl and uh, the mum comes back in and says, well, what's going on now? And he says, well, now she does understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's experienced it. That's exactly right. And that's, that's kids. That yeah. happens all the time. And it's a really important point because we can be tempted at times to say to God, oh, what would you know about what I'm going through? You know, you're God. What would you know? Yeah, you know, we've spoken in other uh, programs, Phil, about, you know, we, we often think that the two options are either theism or atheism, you yeah. know. But there's another belief called deism, which is a belief in a God who created all things but then abandoned it and just sort of left it to its own sort of devices and, and is not involved in this world at all. But that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible got so involved by actually entering into humanity in its fullness. Um, I, I think this is illustrated by something that I heard a number of years ago that's really stuck with me. There was a time when the British poultry industry was going through a lot of loss financially because of cracked eggshells. They couldn't work out you know, where these eggs were getting broken from the time the hen laid the eggs to the time they appeared on the shelves in the supermarket. So they come up with this little idea of a, a, an electronic egg. Okay, so they put it in transit, and every time it received a jolt that was severe enough to crack an eggshell, it lit up. It, it sent a message. So they were able to work out, you know, where the knocks were coming from the hen to the supermarket. In a similar way, Jesus, you know, from the cradle to the grave, went through every kind of trial and temptation and test and, and situation that we would go through and experience the pain and the suffering and the you know what we feel when we go through those things. Is that where eggs fit into the Easter story? Or? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting very deep now, Phil. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a really good illustration, though. The more we contemplate the story of Christmas, it's the more that we actually encounter the love of God. Yeah. Uh, speaking about what happened at the first Christmas, okay, someone put it like this. He became poor so that we might be made rich. He was born of a virgin so that we might be born of God. He took our flesh that we might take his spirit. Uh, he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh that one day we might have a body made like unto his glorious body. He came to earth so that we might go to heaven. And finally, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men might become sons of of God, and that's mm. what Christmas is all about, isn't it? It's fantastic. Another aspect of the meaning of Christmas is that Jesus brings uh, the only two, the only true representation of what God is really like. What is it that the writer of the Hebrews uh, says? Is it uh, the brightness of God's glory and the express image of His person? Is how he talks about that? Yeah, that's right. Which means you know He is the exact representation of God. Um, that's why Phil, you know, we, we're told in the the old covenant, you know, don't make any graven images. That was a, that was one of the Ten Commandments, wasn't it? Don't have any graven images. Now, why was that? Because whatever image that we manufacture that is supposed to represent God is going to be a false representation of the true and living God. We just are going to get it wrong, you know, whether it's a drawing, a statue, or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the, but the, here's the thing. The worst images of God 
have been carved out in our minds by religion and, can I say, angry preachers. <laughs> I often say to people, hey, look, you might have heard an angry preacher, but don't think that that means that God is angry, you know? Sometimes we can think that people represent God when they don't. Mm. Now, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. This is what Christmas, oh, another aspect of Christmas to me, is that he came into humanity to show us the Father, to show us what God is really like. So, for example, Phil, you know, how do you think God feels when you or I fail? Well, let's go back to the Gospels and see what Jesus did with people who failed. People like Peter, you know, when he denied him. Mm. And, uh, you know, he should have really been wiped. It's a pretty big failure. That was a huge failure. What about the woman taken in adultery? I mean, according to the law, the Jews were right. She should have been stoned. But is that how Jesus dealt with it? No, it's not. What about those who struggle with unbelief? You know, sometimes we think, oh, we we mustn't really uh, um, admit to any doubts. Well, what about Thomas? He just said, well, unless I see... You know, the, the prince in his hand and, and his feet and his side, I, I won't believe. And, and he had to work through that. And, and Jesus walked through that with him. Uh, what about um, when we grieve? Does he know anything about that? Well, look at him at the tomb of Lazarus. Look at him when he lost his cousin, John the Baptist, and, mm. and how he grieved. And, and so what about, Phil, there might be somebody listening today who's a backslider. What does God think about them? Well, look at the story Jesus told of the prodigal son. That's God, the way the Father ran to that person. And God is reaching out at this Christmas time to people today who are lost, who have fallen by the wayside. And that's what Jesus revealed to us, what God is really like. It's a special look at the wonder of Christmas this week, and we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.